friends. Welcome to Real Estate Talk for Northwest Arkansas. If you are thinking of moving to Northwest Arkansas or investing in this area, selling your home, flipping a home, or you just like real estate in general, then you've come to the right place. I'm Eric Hutchinson and I've been a realtor for 27 years. I'm the principal broker and owner of Hutchinson Realty, and our company has been serving Northwest Arkansas for 38 years. So we know just a little bit about the area. Today, we are going to be talking about a little thing called earnest money. What is earnest money, and should I tender earnest money when submitting an offer on my next home? What's the difference between earnest money and a non-refundable deposit? How risky is it to give a non-refundable deposit? And is it really non-refundable or can I get it back somehow? These are the topics for our discussion today. But before we get into it, we are going to look at how many houses are for sale in Northwest Arkansas and what the median price per square foot is in our five largest towns. So that's how we're going to go through today. And so before we do that, I've already introduced myself. Why don't we introduce ourselves, let the listeners know who we are. So next. Hello, everyone. My name is Cole Eady. I'm a realtor here with Hutchison Realty, and I've lived here in Northwest Arkansas for five years, and it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Hey, everybody. My name is Sandy Wellesley. I'm an executive broker with the Hutchinson Realty here in Bella Vista. Um, I have been in the area for 23 years and have had my real estate license since February of 2000. So, Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Cole. So glad to have you guys here with me and glad to have you a part of my company as well. We've got 23 agents here and it's uh, always fun to talk about real estate. We enjoy that and hopefully you enjoy that, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, as you are listening to us today. So before we get into our topic, and I think it's a really interesting topic, but before we do that, I have asked Cole to kind of tell us how many houses are for sale. I mean, we're a real estate company. We should know how many houses are for sale. But before you start talking, Cole, let me just clarify a couple things. There's about 1,500, give or take a little bit, in Northwest Arkansas. When I say Northwest Arkansas, I am talking about Benton and Washington counties. And I know we have other counties that are close, but that's really where the 15 houses that are for sale. Our company is located in Bella Vista, but of course there are lots of towns around us. And so we're going to be covering the five largest towns and we're only going to be covering single family residential property. No uh, condominiums, no townhouses, no land, no mobile homes, only single family residential properties is what we're going to be talking about. And I've asked Cole to go over how many houses are for sale in our five largest towns, which go right down the the Interstate 49 of Northwest Arkansas, kind of splits us uh, east and west. And so we're going to go down right down the middle and talk about our five largest towns. So with that, Cole, why don't you tell us how many houses are for sale? All right. Thank you so much, Eric. Uh, we will start with Bella Vista first. Uh, currently right now, Bella Vista has 164 listings. Uh, price per square foot right now, it's going at $199.51. There's currently 101 new construction homes for sale, and there's 63 resale homes for sale right now in Bella Vista. Now moving on to Bentonville, there is 209 homes for sale. Uh, they're going for $203.15 is the median price. There is 102 new homes for sale in Bentonville, and there is 107 resale homes in Bentonville. Moving on to Rogers. 
There is 131 active homes for sale. The median price per square foot is $215.50. There are 27 new homes for sale in Rogers and 104 resale homes. Moving on to Springdale. There is 142 active homes for sale in Springdale. The median price is $197.56. There are 37 new homes for sale in Springdale and 105 resale homes for sale in Springdale. And last but not least, Fayetteville. There are 211 active homes for sale in Fayetteville. There, the price per square foot is $209.97 is the median square foot price. There are 98 new homes for sale in Fayetteville and 113 resale homes for sale in Fayetteville right now. Thank you so much, Cole. So that's a lot of information to digest about how many houses are for sale. And Sandy, I saw you writing some things down. Any comments about any of the active listings that are going on there? No, I was just, I mean, really, um, as someone who's been in the business for, you know, quite a while now, the, to see that the average price per asking price per square foot is $199 a square foot here in Bella Vista. I mean, that's the one that stuck with me because this is the market that I deal in the most. So I, I just am amazed, yeah. just amazed that this is where we are. Yeah, so what I think is interesting and I want to point out is that keep in mind that these are active listings. So what does that mean to the average person that's listening to this podcast? Active means that these homes have not sold yet. These are houses that are for sale. And so when we give you a price or a price per square foot, that does not mean that that's where those houses are going to sell. In fact, I just got through doing a days on market, how long does it take to sell a home video, which I'm going to be posting today. And I will tell you that, you know, uh, many times a seller, they all want to get the most money for their house, but sometimes they don't get what they want for their house. In fact, most of the time they list higher than they think they're going to get. And there's usually some negotiation there. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that when we give you these price per square foot, it includes both new construction, and resale homes. So when you hear $190 per square foot and your home is 40 years old, and you think, well, man, I ought to be able to get $190 a square foot. Well, no, you really need a accurate home evaluation of your property because if you don't get that and you're just basing it on averages or statistics, your home may be better or worse than those averages or statistics. And so you really need someone to come out and give you an accurate home evaluation. So anyway, I just think that that's interesting. You mentioned, you know, you think, oh my gosh, you know, uh, I live here and $190 per square foot. That must be what my home is worth. So not necessarily. Cole, did you have anything else to add or, or not? I was just going to say, just since me and my wife bought here in Northwest Arkansas, it's just, it just is amazing. It amazes me how much the price per square foot has gone up in just in five years. Right. How about you saying anything else? Okay, so the last thing that I would say is that I had Cole tell us how many new construction houses there were versus resale homes. So uh, if you notice, Bella Vista um, had 101 new houses, and they only had 63 resale homes. Now that 
right there uh, speaks a little bit to Bella Vista and all the new construction that's gone. There's more new construction houses than there are resale homes. So again, a price per square foot that reflects is a little higher because there's more new construction than there are resale homes. Now, I also thought it was interesting with Bentonville is they're almost, not quite, but almost half the houses are new construction houses in Bentonville as well. So that, that comes into play when we look at values. And so please don't take these active listings as what your home is worth. But um, what would you say about the inventories? Uh, Cole, do you think we got lots of houses for sale or not so much? We're very low on inventory right now in Northwest Arkansas. Right. So, Sandy, I don't know if you remember, um, you know, when you first got your real estate license. It's been a, quite a while, I know. But do you remember, you know, kind of what, how many houses were for sale in Bella Vista or other in the areas? Do you remember any numbers are there at all? Oh, it wouldn't be. I. It was not uncommon at all to see several hundred homes for sale in Bella Vista. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember when my sister moved out here, um, I can't even tell you the number of homes that, that matched her criteria. Like right. it was really difficult to narrow down and we saw a lot of houses. Right. So I remember showing up to, I think around 90 houses to one client before yes. they bought a house yeah. because, uh, and Cole, I know that you've only had your real estate license for a year, but I remember when there were over 600 houses for sale in Bella Vista alone, mm -hmm. we had 60 lakefront properties for sale at one at a given time. So you had your choice of whatever kind of house you wanted. And guess what? Buyers a lot of times wanted to look at everything in their price range. So anyway, just a lot of interesting things about our history. And if you're just coming to Northwest Arkansas, you may think, man, low inventories, that must be the way it's always been. No, uh, our good old pandemic kind of uh, created this little problem where we don't have enough houses for as many buyers that want houses in Northwest Arkansas. So anyway, uh, thanks for giving us that information, Cole. So I want to get into our topic a little bit before our time gets away from us. So Sandy, I'm going to ask you to give us, a, because you've taught this in real estate school before, kind of what is the origin for earnest money? I mean, why, what, what does it mean? Uh, you know, maybe a, a first time home buyers listening to this and say, I've never even heard of earnest money. So what is earnest money? Kind of what's the origin there? If you can give us a little bit. So earnest money is, um, once upon a time, I'll say earnest money showed intent. A buyer would put down an amount of earnest money and that was showing the seller that you really intended to purchase that home. And, um, one of the things that always struck me is that, in a way, earnest money is relative because there are some people that can put down $5,000 and that might be everything they had and that showed incredible intent. But others who put down more earnest money, you know, it, they were doing it to do the same thing and yet it meant less to them, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. but yeah, that's where earnest money, um, that's where earnest money came in. And it really was just a, to, a showing of, of your intent to purchase that home. And you were really given the seller, the message, I want that house with that money. So, so that's absolutely correct. In fact, I think that's probably came in the naming of that money right. is earnest. earnest. I am really earnest. I am serious about <laughs> buying this house. I am so serious that I'm putting down 
ten dollars. Right. <laughs> so I mean it. Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes the earnest money use, and there for a while, I've been in real estate for twenty seven years. There for a while, it was just kind of a general uh, five hundred dollars was just okay. We're going to put down five hundred dollars. That's kind of expected that we're going to put down five hundred dollars earnest money. Now it was nothing that said you had to put down five hundred dollars, and some people put down more. But if you were a first time home buyer, if you didn't have five hundred dollars earnest money, you were not taken seriously at all. Because again, it's earnest. I'm earnest. I've got some money. I can do that. So, you know, I'm I'm asking you to kind of hold the house for me. It's not really that because the contract by itself holds the house for you. But the earnest money just really said, this is my intent. I'm so serious about this. I've got some money. I'm going to put that up here. And so, uh, Cole, now again, newer agent, um, did you even know what earnest money was whenever you bought your first house? Did you, had you ever heard of it? Uh, honestly, I've heard of it, but I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> okay. So the, I think that there's probably more people that feel that way uh, mm-hmm. than people that feel like me. Now, again, depending on your generation, like my parents, there was no question they knew what earnest money was, and that was just part of a real estate transaction. But that's not necessarily the case anymore. And I think the newer buyers are kind of like, earnest money? I mean, what is that? So now let's talk about, let's say that a buyer, so uh, earnest money is legitimate. You can still tender earnest money, but it's not required. And so many people haven't heard of it. Why do you think that it's become such a thing that really we we don't hear about it very much? I mean, why do you think that is, Cole? Uh, Well, honestly, for like the market here in Northwest Arkansas, I feel like we don't hear it as much because now we have a thing called non-refundable deposit. And we hear that a lot more. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment as well. So Sandy, you probably know the history. Uh, uh, whenever you first got your license, earnest money was probably very common and we mm-hmm. used it a lot. So why do you think that it's become less common uh, in in our society? Well, I, if you read or at the time, if you read the real estate contract, um, a buyer would put earnest money down, but there were like, 57 different ways they would get the money back if the contract didn't go through. Um, the Really, the only time the buyer didn't get the money back is if the the uh, uh, the seller failed to close. Is that correct? Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, you know, it really didn't have any teeth to it. There was really nothing that, at least that's how I felt about it, when, you know, my client would ask me, well, do I need to put that down? Well... Well, you know, and it just, like I said, it didn't have any teeth. There was no commitment, really, truly. Right. So originally, so uh, the Real Estate uh, National Association of Realtors was created in 1908. So a long time ago. And earnest money, that was a requirement to even do a contract back then. And it was originally created to tie the buyer to that piece of property. And if they backed out for any reason, they lost the earnest money. It's really for the seller. It was really to say that, you know, we're serious about this property and we're so serious we're going to put this money down. If we back out, you can have the money. And that's really originally what it was intended for. As we got 
through history and we started going on, people say, oh, you know what, uh, let's, let's, get, let's get some legal stuff going on here. And really, that earnest money should be held in an account, probably shouldn't be held with the seller because the seller may get stingy and not give it back. And so then they started holding that money in usually with the listing company. And the listing company would hold that in there. And, and the law said it had to be a non-interest-bearing escrow account because you can't make money on someone else's money. You gotta, It's got to be held in a non-interest-bearing escrow account, and it's held there until closing. The good thing was is that that money could be used as a down payment. That was basically an early down payment. And whenever we closed, then the buyer could say, okay, I've got $500 or $1,000 or $10,000, and they use that, and it just credited towards their closing costs and to their down payment. So it worked out really nice. Somewhere along the line, a buyer backed out of the deal, and maybe multiple buyers backed out of the deal and said, "You know, um, I think I sh- I should get my money back. I-, I think that I I think I'm owed my money back. You know, I I backed out for maybe it was home inspection or whatever, and then and then it was just like, you know what, I backed out and I backed out for no good reason, but I want my money back. <laughs> and so what happened was is there was a lawsuit, and that lawsuit uh, we started having litigation, and the problem with litigation is that it just adds time." onto how long it takes to get through a process. And so that litigation would happen. The seller could not sell their house. They can't sell their house until they deal with that earnest money that is now being held by the court. So I always tell this story, and I'm sorry I'm dominating the conversation here, but I tell the story that I had a buyer and we had $10,000 earnest money and we submitted that to the seller, or I say to the seller, we submitted that to the listing company, which is what we did back then. This has been 20 years ago. And we submitted that and it was $10,000. And we made the offer contingent upon the um, buyer's property in Texas closing. Well, that property didn't close, but we had tendered the $10,000. So we were backing out for legitimate reasons. Mm -hmm. And so we said, okay, we'd like to have our earnest money back. The seller goes, nope, no, I, I really, uh, you know what? It's been several weeks. I had my home off the market, and I think I deserve that earnest money. And the buyer goes, I don't think so. We made it contingent on our property closing back in Texas. So the, law, the, the seller said, well, get a lawyer, and let's fight it out. 18 months later, a year and a half later, three days before we were go, going to go to court, the buyer was going to go to court, the seller goes, here's your money back. Oh, no. Oh, no. So now, if any of you guys have ever uh, hired a an attorney, a lawyer, they charge a lot by hour. And so my buyers had all this money out. So now they could have contested it and said, wait a minute, we've got all this. But then they would have had to go to court and more time, more money and everything. Else. So they, they took their money back, but $10,000 in a non-interest-bearing escrow account. So it gained no money. It was held there. They had to get legal fees. And so therein lies the problem of earnest money. And so they initially at one time took earnest money off of our contract for a year. There were so many people that threw fits, usually the older generation and some of the older realtors that said, hey, wait a minute, we need to have earnest money. And so they put it back on the contract. But now it's a little tiny paragraph and we hardly ever use it anymore. We always say no earnest money. But Cole, you mentioned non-refundable deposit. Now, when you bought your house, did you use a non-refundable deposit or not? Uh, yes, sir, we did. We uh, we actually put uh, $2,000 in a non-refundable deposit on our house. Okay. So you said $2,000 non-refundable deposit. Where did that money go as soon as you wrote the check? And who'd you make the check out to? 
Uh, I made it out to the uh, seller. Uh, I actually, or the the seller uh, who was the uh, uh, it was a new construction home, and the money went to uh, to the seller. Okay. So now let's talk about, so we, we know what earnest money is. We know it's not used very much. What is non-refundable deposit and what's the origin there? How did that get started, Sandy? So non-refundable deposit is exactly what it sounds, non-refundable. And so what you as a buyer need to know is, you know, when your real, real estate agent says, do you want to put down a non-refundable deposit? They really mean you're not going to get that money back. It is not coming back to you. Now, the origin of that started with new construction. Okay, let's say you were out looking at property and you found your dream home and it's amazing, but you always wanted an island with sky blue cabinets in the middle of the kitchen and an amazing quartz countertop. And that's not at that house. And then you approach the builder and you want the builder to put it in for you, but this is a spec home that he's built. He is not willing to make that change unless you pay him for that change. That's where non-refundable deposits started, right there. Absolutely. So builders weren't willing to put in their money with the risk of possibly losing the deal because the buyer just decided they didn't want the house or whatever. And then they, they put in some, like you said, sky blue cabinets that were totally unattractive. And now they were stuck with either replacing those or paying for those and they've lost that money. So I want to ask you a question, Sandy, Mm -hmm. because I know uh, that there are some people out there that are listening or thinking, gosh, you mean, so I'm putting a $2,000 non-refundable deposit down or I'm giving it over directly to the seller. And that's mm-hmm. where the non-refundable goes. It goes directly to the seller. It does not go into a non-interest bearing escrow account. With earnest money, everybody has to sign off on where that money goes. But on non-refundable deposit, it goes directly to the seller. So a buyer says, so I'm giving $2,000 that I'm not getting back. I'm just, am I? is it like just burning that money? That money is worthless now to me? I mean, I've, I've just thrown away $2,000. Is that what that really means? That's not really what that means. You are credited with that amount at closing. Um, and so, you know, you, you've given it, you've given it to the seller. It's not really part of the loan exactly, but you are credited with that amount. Whatever you put down for non-refundable deposit, you get that credit at closing. So, right. so if you close... And there's the if thing. If mm-hmm. you close, you get a credit for that money back, and it's an early down payment. But if you don't close for any reason, if you if there's a legitimate home inspection and you've actually legitimately put down $2,000 and you say, you know what, there's mold, I want out of the deal, you don't get that money back. But if you close, the money comes back as with the rest of your money, and so it's counted as an early down pause or uh, deposit down on your house. So you can use it as a down payment or or for your closing costs or whatever if you close. But that's a really important thing. So um, so we have some compromise here. Let's say a buyer says, you know what, I really want this house, and then there's multiple offers on the on the property, and I want to put down, I want to put, I want to give the seller incentive to you to take my offer over other offers. So we we talk to him. He wants to put down five thousand dollar non refundable deposit. We say, man, that's a really good idea, but the buyer says, but I'm fearful that the home inspection might show something. Uh, I want to ensure that 
I get that earnest money back if the home inspector. So how do we approach that with our contract? Cole, do you know what the answer to that is? I mean, do you, if, if a buyer says, I want to give the money down and on our non-refundable deposit paragraph there. So when do, do I give that money immediately and I lose that money if I back out or what's my options there? Do you remember? Uh, I would give it after the inspection. Okay. Once the inspection is cleared. So that's an option. Uh, that's an option on that paragraph is I can wait until the home inspection is done and we have dealt with the repairs and then I can give the, um, the non-refundable deposit. Now, Sandy, we have another, I mean, we've got, uh, we, we can give it pretty much any time. What's another possible thing that might kill the deal? Uh, if a buyer's getting a loan, um, what might possibly kill the deal after the home inspection? Well, if they if they have not, you know, done their due diligence and they haven't gotten all of their loan information in um, prior to writing the contract, which, you know, in the market that we've been in, sometimes that didn't happen. And so you can also uh, put on there that it's contingent on the buyer receiving a loan in the amount of whatever it was. And so, you know, it, and then you can tender the um, non-refundable deposit after that. You don't want to give that money before you know whether you're going to be approved for the loan or not. That's not going to work. So what's so. part of the loan approval process that happens with every loan, especially if they're putting less than 20% down, the bank hires a... Appraiser. An appraiser. And mm-hmm. an appraisal, um, sometimes, especially in these hot markets that we're in, sometimes comes in below the purchase price or the buyer, if they were in a multiple offer situation has offered well above the purchase price, but they're getting a loan. The bank says, well, we want to protect our money. So -hmm. we're going to make sure the house is worth what you're paying for it. Right. And then all of a sudden the appraisal comes in below what the buyer is willing to pay for it. If they have tendered non-refundable deposit, they don't get that money back. Right. So there has to be. So some buyers would say, I'm not willing to give my $5,000 until after the appraisal. However, there's a problem with that because sometimes when do, when do appraisals happen, Sandy? Well, appraisals are after a contract has been accepted and usually the appraisal is not going to come in. It, it takes a while mm-hmm. for you to get the appraisal, so right. it takes a bit. <laughs> so if a, if a house is 30 days to close, yeah. um, your home inspection has to be done within the first two weeks, mm-hmm. okay? But sometimes the loan, the appraiser, especially if it's in a busy, hot market like we've been in right now, sometimes the appraisal doesn't happen until sometimes a week before. I've had it happen a week right. before closing. Yeah. So again, the non-refundable deposit loses a little bit of its punch if from the seller's perspective, because if it's a week before closing, they've already moved their furniture out. They've already done stuff. So if you back out of the deal and you don't have any money down on the table for them, then they're out money. So you can kind of see. So that's all things that we need to take into consideration as we are negotiating our next home, right? We need to think, okay, uh, am I in a multiple offer situation? Now let's look at it, this scenario. What if I'm not in a multiple offer situation? What if I'm just making an offer on a house? So Sandy, and this is totally an opinion. What does, what, what would you recommend to your buyer? They say, Hey, uh, should I put any, 
you know, they may be old school, earnest money, or should I put down a non-refundable deposit? I mean, is there any benefit to that? Or, 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 or what would you recommend to them if they're not in a non-refund or a multiple offer situation? So if they're not in a multiple offer situation, I, or, or say it's an instance where they would want something done in a new construction home, I really do not recommend that they put down a non-refundable deposit. I just don't. Now, if they insist on putting down earnest money or putting down something to show their intent, then I would make it earnest money. Um, But that is a point of a contract that's always negotiable. Right. And so if my buyer does not put it down and the seller feels like they want it, they can come back and ask for it. I I really don't like to put money out there that doesn't have to be out there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. How about you, Cole? Any thoughts there? Uh, I totally agree with Sandy. If, if uh, there was not any multiple offers uh, and they asked me, should they put anything down? If they really wanted the house, I would tell them maybe to put some earnest money down, but not a non-refundable deposit. Yeah, I think that's really good advice from both of you. I think that if a buyer wants to make an impression, keep in mind, some money is better than no money. So if I put down $5,000 earnest money, now keep in mind, the earnest money goes into a non-refundable, I mean a non-refund, a non-interest-bearing uh, escrow account, and it's held there. Seller doesn't get it. Buyer doesn't get it. Both people have to sign off. But they can put that in there. At least the money is safe, and the buyer has a really good, uh, you know, argument for getting their earnest earnest money back and it actually all that stuff is laid out in the earnest money addendum of you know if you back out for legitimate reasons you can't get the loan the house doesn't appraise you can get that earnest money back with no contest and so that's a safer way to do it but yet you're still telling the seller that you're earnest that you're serious and you've got some money or you could use a non-refundable deposit if you wanted to but as you said sandy it's like if you're not competing with another buyer, what I mean, if you've got a pre-approval letter that says you're approved for a loan, let the seller decide if they want to have any non-refundable or earnest money. Let put the ball in their court. And I can tell you, if you are in, if you're not in a multiple offer situation, the motivation for the buyer to put down money that they could lose goes way down. And there's really there. To me, there's not really a point. To me, in the last few years, we've seen the non-refundable deposit come into play because of the multiple offers and the low inventories. But if you're not in a multiple offer situation, it's to me, I, I agree with you guys that it really uh, should not be paramount that they put down that unless it's just a hot property that the, the seller insists on having some kind of earnest money or non-refundable. So anyway, really good talk today and uh, interesting topic. So if you are a buyer and you are wanting to negotiate your next home, uh, talk to your realtor about that non-refundable deposit, whether it's even needed in this situation or, you know, is there any um, benefit to doing earnest money? And I think that earnest money eventually is probably going to go away. We'll, we'll be interesting to see how that happens in the next few years. They've been filtering it out slowly, and I wouldn't be surprised to see in the next few years they just didn't take it off our contracts again. So anyway, really interesting stuff. So thank you guys for uh, being a part of, uh, of our podcast today. I hope that uh, things are uh, going well for you this week. And so... 
Uh, I would like to suggest to you, if you are listening and you need a realtor or would like to talk more about some of our real estate topics, you can always reach out to us at info at hutchrealty.com or you can go to our website and you can read all about Cole and Sandy and their um, where they're from and all that stuff. They've got a nice little biography on their page. And so you can read about all of our realtors. We have 23 agents and you can read about those. If you are a seller, and you are thinking about selling your home, then you should go to our website and do an automatic uh, automatic home evaluation. It's just a ballpark. It kind of tells you where your home could be, but you really need a professional home evaluation. So we would love to come out and give you a free home evaluation. So if you like this podcast, don't forget to leave us a positive review. Come back next time and we'll be talking about more real estate topics. So thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.